Welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. Jessica and her guests are here to help you navigate the world around you as a small business owner and provide valuable insights to hone your business superpowers. Now, here's your host, Jessica Jones. Hello, 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 and welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. I'm your host, Jessica Jones, and today we have a wonderful guest who's going to be talking with us about marketing and the psychology of the sale. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll all throw on our capes and get powered up. All right. Sounds good. I'm Vincent. Uh, I'm Vincent Ide. I'm the executive director at Commercial Media Management, and we're um, a high quality commercial grade video production company that just helps a business look their best at the end of the day. But we are a marketing firm. Um, you know, that's what we're filed as. And I've had my career in marketing for about 10 years at this point. And gone through a lot of different steps and phases of marketing, but I'm happy to be here and happy to be able to just shed some light on the subject. Awesome. We're excited today. You and I have previously talked about the psychology of the sale, and that was really what uh, made me want to have you come on today and bring this information to our listeners, because I think understanding how your customer thinks allows you to put yourself in their shoes and understand your brand in a different light. So can you explain the psychology of the sale? Yeah, definitely. There's um, you know, a lot that goes into psychology, a lot that goes into, you know, how the mind processes different situations. And um, really the reason why the psychology of a sale is important is because sales is like the root of every business, actually. Um, a lot of people, you know, they want to get into a business where they don't have to convince anyone of anything. They don't have to sell, but the facts are, if you're going to be in business, you do have to sell. You at least have to know how to sell. Right. And so, um, you know, selling really just comes down to strategic communication to accomplish a specific goal for two mutual parties. And so you never want to sell something that only one person benefits from you can, but then you're in a business where you have to kind of live with that. And, and I've definitely been in different, um, you know, industries of sales whenever I got started. And I kind of realized why I wanted to bring myself to uh, an industry or sector of industry that I felt comfortable selling instead of, for example, I was 16, uh, thought I was getting a marketing job, but it was a door-to-door sales job, Mm. right? And so it was great because otherwise without that job, I wouldn't be able to talk about the psychology of the sale today. I didn't realize how essential those, you know, guerrilla sales tactics would be whenever it came to making easier sales today. Um, And sometimes we go through those tougher instances to prepare us for the seasons with fairer weather. Now, the reason that uh, psychology, you know, how does psychology play into it? I thought sales is, you know, acting like a character. I thought sales is, um, you know, me bombarding someone with our product until they finally relent and buy the pushy salesman or something like that. And, in reality, no, that would be what I would consider unstrategic communication. That's them going into a conversation without realizing the uh, psychological or mental state that they're approaching a person in. And so well, let's bring it back from sales. So what is a sale? You convincing a person to interact with um, an activity or a product that you deem valuable for them that will benefit them as well. And so... Um, a sale is only successful if you have a sale that can give mutual benefit. I would say that anything else would be more of um, like taking advantage or trying to push a useless product. And I would recommend against that. That's not going to be what makes you successful in business. 
So let's take it back even further. What is a sale? Well, in each moment, we're selling ourselves, right? You know, we talk to each other the first time. I'm selling you on the concept of me knowing what I'm talking about. And I am having to convey my legitimacy in order to have them take the advice, in order to have them understand the advice and have take value in the advice. Now, so a sale is kind of innate and inherent in every human interaction. Now, what is a business? A business is a coordination of many humans or collaboration or a corporation of many humans that come together for a specific goal. Now, whenever an individual outside of a corporation interacts with the business, that's just that's the, a similar psychological, um, I guess, process. This person is just an organization of people. So just keep that in mind. So th the reason I'm saying that is because a one on one circumstance would be more considered a sale, whereas a business to individual like business to consumer or business to individual, that would be more like marketing. Right. And so really marketing is um, the overarching umbrella subject that holds sales within it. So sales is actually direct marketing. And I'll shed light a little bit on why I know it's direct marketing. The reason I know it's direct marketing is because I was on Indeed as a 16 year old and they direct marketed to me. They said, marketing specialist for hire. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I'm going to be able to be a marketing businessman like I always wanted to be. And I said, grandma, I need a suit. And so, uh, you know, my family was able to help me just kind of um, look the part for the interview, just get a nice button up and maybe a jacket that was cheaper than we expected. And I went into the interview and um, I realized pretty quickly that, yeah, it's it's marketing specialist. You're going to specialize in marketing cable door to door. And so I realized this is, I guess this is a door to door sales position. And I thought maybe there might have been a dupe involved or a sleight of hand involved, but the reality is sales is direct marketing. So uh, there's a couple different types of marketing. There's indirect marketing and direct marketing. Indirect marketing would be your typically thought of marketing like advertising, right? Or say we get you on a radio show or say, you know, indirect marketing for me would be me talking on this show and it, it markets, you know, my business, things like that versus me talking one-on-one -on -one with a person that would be direct marketing. And that's just enough. Direct marketing is another word for sales. So bringing it back though, um, I learned the sales psychology in that position actually. And then it was enforced as I went through uh, slightly less tough positions uh, to get to where I am now. Whereas now it's, it's pretty easy going. Now it's like, well, I mean, obviously, all businesses want to make their company look beautiful and all businesses want their brand to reflect the vision that they had for it whenever they first started in business. And so all we do is help those businesses achieve that goal that they have for their business when it comes to branding, when it comes to representation. And so to me, it's it's easier going these days. But I'm going to talk about the guerrilla sales tactics that I was able to learn and the sales psychology that I was able to integrate into the rest of my career. So speaking on that a little bit uh, more in depth, whenever you interact with someone, you first come into interaction with them and we can take this all the way back to the jungle. Okay. So throughout human evolution, we actually evolved. If you believe in that sort of thing, I don't know, it's called science, but throughout human evolution, we actually evolved from more primitive forms of uh, more primitive organisms. Well, why am I talking about national Ge geographic style 
information. Well, the reason is um, we all have a reptilian part of our brain within us. And, and we talked about that. That's the survival nature that everybody has within them. That's the fight or flight. That's the I'm going to survive before you're going to survive. You're not about to fool me out of me eating this egg right here. Think about a snake. Do you ever see snakes rolling in packs? You never do. Because they're only focused on fight or flight. They're focused on what's going to benefit me. Why are you trying to encroach on my survival? That is the reptilian mindset and the reptilian way. And so we all have that reptilian brain. If you look at the actual rep reptile brain and then you look at our brain, you can see the remnants of the structure of the reptilian brain in our brains reflecting and basically pointing towards evolution itself. And so you look at the reptile's brain, you look at our brain, we've got that reptile brain in us. Well, how's that relevant to us? Well, I'll tell you. We all start in a fight or flight mindset whenever we come in contact with someone. Now, we're not as aggressive or as, as crazy about it as a snake might be or an alligator might be. You don't want to start trying to be friends with them. We luckily have the faculties that allow us to get into better graces with each other. So we start in that fight or flight. What are you trying to get from me? That's the basic thought, subconscious thought that's guiding our reptilian brain. What are you trying to get from me on a one-on-one -on -one conversation? Well, it's even accentuated further whenever they have a business interacting with a person. So whenever a person interacts with a business, their reptilian part of their brain is extra heightened because they know a nature of business is to sell a product that the business is going to make money on. And so a person naturally doesn't want to get duped, doesn't want to get fooled. And so they're a little bit more on their heels and on their guard. And I'm going to go back and forth between like the business mindset interaction and then the one-on-one -on -one human sales interaction. So just back to the one-on-one, -on -one, whenever I'm first, you know, talking to you, what are you trying to get from me? Why are you talking to me? What's the purpose of this conversation? Well, then throughout the process, it's my goal as you know a salesman and as a marketer and ultimately as an executive networker to help you go bring you from the reptilian defensive part of the brain to realizing that we're actually in the same community and we're actually a, a part of the same tribe. And whenever you help someone realize that y'all are in the same community, part of the same tribe, guess what you're doing? You're, you're taking them out of that reptilian state of mind bringing them into that midbrain or that mammalian or that commutative brain. It's called the limbic brain. So the limbic brain is in the center of the brain, a little bit higher up and further into the, the mind than the reptilian brain. And that's where our mind goes whenever we're making these community bonds. Let's bring it back to nature real quick. So snakes, reptiles, they don't travel in packs, not that I know of, but who does travel in packs? Mammals. So mammals have the limbic brain. Mammals realize that it's more beneficial for us to coordinate together in order to accomplish a similar goal. You know, and one ox, they coordinate together, one ox finds a good patch of grass, the rest of the ox didn't find that patch of grass, but because the one found the patch of grass, now all of those ox can, I'm just using an example, can now eat on the fresh grass together because they coordinated as a unit together. So the goal is to bring a person from the reptilian, what are you trying to get from me, to the commutative uh, limbic brain, which is more of, I guess we're on the same side. And then once they realize that they're on the same side in the same community, well, then we're able to go into the higher understanding. So that ox, because they're in the same, that ox that found the grass he can talk to the rest of the ox because all of those ox together are in the same community. So the ox in the same community that didn't find the grass are going to listen to him because they're in the same community and they're working together. And that's the whole point of a community is to work together. And so then we take it a step further. Well, I guess let's relate that to, you know, the one-on-one -on -one sales. So 
I'm going to tie this all in a big bow, but I need y'all to have the undercurrent of what's happening technically in order to 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 see how powerful just this simple sales tactic is going to be. And it's a sales tactic that is so powerful that I'm almost hesitant even saying it. And it's it's a tactic that we've actually been able to um, you know boil down for all of our different consultations and sales trainings and sales speeches and stuff like that. And it's something that I learned very early on. So um, how do we get a person from the reptilian fight or flight? What are you trying to get from me? How do I get you to realize that we're actually in the same community? Well, we start building rapport. We start making community relationships. So instead of just fight or flight, if I were to go up to you and be like, hey, I've got this awesome product. And you're immediately like, what are you trying to make money off of me for? Get out of my cave. I'm eating today or I'm getting out of this situation, the fight or flight. And so, but if I were to go up to you and be like, Wow, you know, that's a pretty cool green shirt. My my girlfriend, she actually loves green, which she does, you know, definitely do it ethically and morally. Don't lie. But um find something relatable with the person, and that's called building rapport. And what rapport does is it naturally helps the person that you're, you know, communicating with realize that as you communicate, you're actually in the same community. So because you're making community relationships conversationally. Then it brings a person from being like, this person is so different from me trying to get something from me to like, oh, well, I guess like we're not so different. And actually, we have some similarities. And if you're able to crack a joke or two, I mean, you're in the same community, no problem at all. And so um, building rapport will get a one on one conversation to move into the limbic brain. And then as you build rapport more then your one on one rapport. So to get out of the reptilian into the communicative, you build one on one rapport, one on one relationships. And then you start talking about more broader community relationships and similarities that y'all all have. You know, for example, we talked about music the other day and we were able to talk about a couple of our different music styles that we like. And then we realized, oh, we're in the same broader community. So it went from a and this is just I didn't do that intentionally, but that's kind of an example. Right. So we have one on one relationships. Then we have one on community relationships because you and I are a mini community. And then I relate that to the broader community. And then that makes you realize, oh, this person knows uh, and, and is connected to the broader community and an individual doesn't want to be left out of the broader community. So then we're firmly in the uh, midbrain. Now we have to move to that next phase of higher understanding, which is uh, the neocortex. The neocortex is what separates monkey from man. Primates have cortexes and they need to collaborate intelligently in, in order to get complex nutrients in order to get complex, you know, uh, food. But we developed even further with the neocortex, the, you know, more developed cortex for more developed, higher understanding. So we're in the community brain. Now, because we're firmly in that community brain, you realize, well, this person knows about the community. I don't want to be left out of the community because the community as a whole knows what it's doing because that's that's it has to know what it's doing because that's it's surviving. You know, the whole community survives before the individual survives. You know, the race of humans survive much longer than the individual human. We live 100 years, hopefully. My point is um, we then. So. So, yeah. So we have these broader community relationships that has us further in the limbic brain. And then we basically merge the um kind of more nonchalant community relationships with business oriented community relationships or whenever it comes to selling a product you relate that community to people in the community that have used the product or used a service before and so then 
you're bringing, you've been firmly in the commutative midbrain, and then you basically transition from the commutative midbrain to the commutative neocortex. And the neocortex is where the higher understanding happens. I would not be able to get you to the higher understanding portion if I don't first calm down and qual the reptilian brain and then calm down and qual and satisfy the commutative brain. If I were to go, what happened whenever I went to the neocortex right away? Hey, I want to tell you about this product and stuff. First of all, you didn't get me past the reptilian part of the brain. I'm not in your tribe at all. And you're just trying to push something on me and I'm fight or flight. You didn't even, they don't even think of you in the community. They immediately know that if you're trying to get neocortex information before qualling these other areas, what's fight or flight? I'm out. Okay. I, I might as well save my time and not waste my time, not waste my money. I might as well just save my time and, and cut this conversation off. But since I was able to talk about like, hey, you know, how you doing today? And I'm talking about the broader community. No way. My family actually kind of grew up on the bayou, on the West Bank. Don't tell anybody. Make a little joke or whatever. And then you realize I'm like, oh, we're not so different. We're in the broader community. And what's really cool is, you know, my family, they've been in the, the plants forever and stuff like that. I just kind of decided to like break off from that and and study more into the marketing. And you know, what about your family? Like, are they, you know, in the plants or are they in the creative? And then you get them to share. Also, don't talk the whole time to it. Uh, you know, the best salesman asks the best questions realistically. And then we go back and forth. Now we're creating that community to bond. No way. Well, like, you know, what got you into this industry? Has your family, did they support you getting into this industry or they, they deny it? Now, what am I doing? I'm talking about communicative and I'm talking about the subject matter, talking about the industry that she's in. This is a business to business sale. And so that's why we're just going to take it like that. So I, I merged those two and I transitioned into higher understanding. No way. So they didn't really support that. Well, like, why do you think that is? Be like, well, I mean, I guess you've been able to find some benefit out of it. You know, how have you been able to help other people? Well, now I'm letting her fill my neocortex with the information for higher understanding, further solidifying me in the community of neocortex in order for me to then come back and share my information uh, with you in order for us to come to a common ground of mutual benefit. And that's where the sale occurs. And so at that point, we just went through such a natural process of getting to know each other, realizing we actually have broader community bonds, and then realizing we're not so different whenever it comes to the community understanding of the two different uh, industries that we're in. And now we're talking about industry while being firmly in the community. And now we can come to some mutual benefit. And realistically, the less you sell, the more you sell. Like, And that's kind of the big thing that I've learned. Like, I've gone through whole lunches before and not talked about what the reason is and at the end we built such a rapport got past that reptilian and got into such a commutative bond that it was a no-brainer that we do business together at the end of the day uh they didn't take the meeting unless they needed the service anyway and so it, it you know it's left up to them to ask about that higher understanding of the service that we're providing and so like i said the less we sell the more we sell so we have the reptilian brain, the midbrain, the neocortex. You cannot make a sale unless you've qualled the reptilian rapport, unless you've qualled the midbrain, made community bonds, made them realize that there's a mutual relationship, and then transition that community bond into industry or uh, technical topics that you need for higher understanding to make the sale and create a mutual benefit. And that is where the sale goes. So it's fair to say it sounds when you explain it psychologically, it mm -hmm. sounds like a whole big lot of work to do. But 
honestly, it breaks down to not trying to just sell, but developing yourself and developing your relationships with others. And that will in and of itself Mm -hmm. sell your business. So don't try and be this, you know, ram it down your throat salesman. Yeah. Come do what comes naturally Mm -hmm. and slow down and think about it from your customer's perspective. That's exactly it. End of the day, people do business with who they're friends with. Create a friendship. You create business for your business. As long as your friend needs the service that you're providing or needs the product that you're providing, but people do business with who they're friends with. And that'll kind of get us into how to get started in that uh, business realm. Yeah, absolutely. I actually heard something recently that was um, a client will become a friend more often than a friend will become a client. So developing that relationship really and truly is the basics of the sale. I love that. I've never heard that. I love that, though. That's so great. That's awesome. I really like um, the way that you you took it from both the psychological perspective and the, you know, day-to-day conversation perspective. And so I want you guys to reflect on that. We're going to take a break. So far, we've talked about the psychology of the sale. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what that means for you and how to use it for your business. So stick with us and we'll be right back. Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to be your small business superhero. Whether you need ongoing services like bookkeeping or payroll, one-time services like implementing an accounting software or one-on-one training, or an on-call CFO to answer your larger questions, Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to help. Stop costing your business more money by trying to do absolutely everything yourself. We pride ourselves on giving you big business level service while still giving that small business attention. You're the expert in your field and you didn't start your business to watch numbers move, but we did. Come check us out at jessicajonesaccounting.com to see what we can do for your business. Have you ever wished you had someone who had all the answers in your back pocket? The Superhero Initiative was created as a launchpad for small and micro businesses to reach the next level in their potential. We are here to help you start out on the right foot and rescue you from future headaches. If you've been in business less than three years or are currently generating less than $100,000 of annual revenue, we encourage you to apply for the Superhero Initiative. Recipients will get eight hours of donated time to supercharge your back office from bookkeeping cleanup to implementing and training on software and other accounting and management needs. Visit jessicajonesaccounting.com to apply today. You are listening to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope Jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for. Now back to the show with Jessica. All right, we're back and we are going to continue talking about the psychology of the sale and what that means. So we talked in the beginning about, you know, moving from the reptilian to the midbrain to the neocortex and how if you try and skip ahead, that's not going to go very well. So what does that mean for our listeners? Um, how do you recommend if someone is, okay, I'm going to start my business mm-hmm. now. How do I make my first sale? How do I have this conversation? How do I um, shake off my nerves and and not screw up the first time? Mm-hmm. What would you recommend if I come to you fresh day one, I need to start my business. How do I go make a sale? Mm-hmm. Well, I said, you know, ultimately the best way to go about it and the most streamlined way is to do business with 
is to build relationships, build professional relationships. So first start thinking about where can I build professional relationships? Um, I can tell you why it's a little easier for me. And what I would rec- what I would truly recommend is for someone to go through reps, like meaning repetitions of conversations to where they're selling someone on a concept or selling someone on something like that. So throughout your day to day, going through that, it's called the feel felt found method, but going through that reptilian to uh, midbrain to neocortex, uh, I get through that process uh, per conversation and just going through those reps. And then once you're comfortable convincing people of concepts, because I don't know, you know, where each viewer is, you know, we could be talking to a viewer who's already got and done so many reps and they're like, I'm a door to door salesman. You know, like we might have a viewer like that. We might have a viewer who's been sitting there hoping someone says the right thing in order for them to be able to, you know, hop off their butt in order to get into business. I would say my biggest recommendation is action and repetition And then after that, you start building repetitions with building professional relationships. And the way that you can do that is, you know, you can get involved with different networking groups. You know, you can get involved with the Chamber of Commerce in your area. You can get involved with, you can kind of like, another thing, it depends on how much money you have to start. So I'll start with a person that has no money, no experience and no relationships one by one, we can we can go ahead and just talk about the, the best process for them. Best process for them would be to um, get up, start, I guess, reading a couple of different, I would say books, but just start researching on sales psychology, just so you can get a firmer grasp. There's only so much I could shed light on it. So just get up and start taking action. And the first action to take is to start you know, giving yourself information that you may not have been able to get through experience. And then the next step, once you take what we've talked about today, take the uh, information that you learned through that initial action, and then you go into repetitions, talking to family, talking to friends, talking to people at the mall. The And the reason I say repetitions, a person might think, I don't know, I don't need to like go through repetitions. I know that I want, no, no. The reason you go through repetitions, and even I'm going to go to the next step, but the reason you go through repetitions is to get the nerves out. Okay. You get the nerves out. People are nervous when they're talking to people about concepts. People are nervous whenever they're trying to convince someone of something because they think I'm imposing on this person and I don't want to, you know, change this person's mind. And that might be manipulative. No. So when you're going through reps, are you going through reps in the mirror? Are you going through them with your friends, with your spouse who you go through reps with? So you can go. So the first step, good. Perfect question, really. The first step is going through a couple reps in the mirror. And um, we're going to go over the feel felt found method and how that can be restated and how the feel felt found actually touches each part of the brain in order to get them to the neocortex efficiently. But yeah, starting in the mirror and then going to friends and family. And I'm talking about selling concepts. Figure out a concept that figure out something, you research something, figure out a concept, something. It doesn't even have to be grand. It could be, you know, I feel like brown or I feel like black leather is the best leather jacket and, you know, stuff like that. Something very simple and low pressure. Start in the mirror, then go to friends and family and then go to the mall or Walmart or something. You're basically getting the nerves out of yourself. You're getting the nerves out that everybody naturally has when they're trying to convince somebody, because whenever we're trying to convince somebody of something, we think that they know that we're trying to convince them. And so we feel like it's rude and an imposition on anyone we're trying to convince anything of. When in reality, it depends on the approach. If you're going to convince 
if you, first of all, you're not going to convince, you're going to build a relationship and then convince them of your ideal, whatever it might be. So mirror, and then you go to friends and family, then you bring those concepts to the mall, to Walmart, to different areas. You just get more comfortable with striking up a conversation at any time. I mean, I don't know how um, like introverted people are and different things like that. Some people are extroverted, so they're probably like, I'm done my reps, you know, whatever, but still go through this process of getting reps in. But if someone's really introverted, this is to cure yourself of introvertism. You know, ultimately it's not a freaking sickness or anything, but realistically, if you want to be the optimal functioning human, you have to connect to communities better. Otherwise you're a substandard, you know, whenever it comes to social interactions and I want to be like, that's kind of rude. And I want to turn this off. No, I'm trying to make you your best. Okay. And that's what I tell anybody, anyone that I've trained before, you have to be uncomfortable. You have to recognize a problem to solve a problem. The problem is I can't get out there and talk to anybody about anything because I'm introverted. Well, we recognize the problem. And this, this is the antidote antidote to solving that problem. It's repetitions. It's repetitions. And you know what it's going to be? It's going to be a lot of uncomfortable situations. It's going to be a lot of, oh, I'm kind of biting my own tongue, putting my own foot in my mouth. The reason that you're getting these uncomfortable situations in your life is to get them out of the way for whenever it really counts. Something, uh, another thing that I heard not too long ago is the person who suffers the most discomfort grows the most. Oh, wow. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Wow. I love that. Things that make you uncomfortable are the things that you are not very good at. And if you're in business, guess what? You got no space for your introvert. You have to sell or you have to hire a salesman. Mm -hmm. One of the two. Somebody has to be selling for you. Mm -hmm. So if you're introverted, you've got to shake yourself of that. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. Sometimes you're going to feel terrible and not want to strike up a conversation or awkward or whatever it is but you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable certainly and and that's what the repetitions will do the reps will make you comfortable with being uncomfortable and it'll honestly make you not scared of being uncomfortable it's the same thing that happens in a fight or whenever someone's training in boxing you first get someone started training in boxing well they're gonna they're gonna flinch up whenever you throw a punch at them until they realize well once that punch hits i mean it hurts a little bit but it didn't hurt as much as i was thinking it was and so they go through those reps of times of sparring and stuff and by the end of it well they've seen punches fly at them no problem i know how to dodge punches i've seen I've seen punches 20 times in my life, you know, so they're more comfortable. Whereas if I were to say, all right, get in the ring and you haven't had any training, well, you're going to freeze up. Same thing if we were to say to you, well, this is how you get successful. You go out and you talk to a business, you go into their you know, office and you talk to them. That's the first thing you do. No, you're just going to fail. And it's actually going to discourage. And now you might not fail, obviously, but like realistically, it will not work. Yeah, it's like a 98 percent chance. But realistically, if you are introverted, you haven't gone through any reps, you haven't gotten comfortable with conversation and comfortable with potential uncomfortable conversations, you're going to go into that office, you're not going to have a good relationship, people are going to look at you like, why are you in here talking to us? And then you're going to get discouraged. And then you're going to say to yourself, man, I don't know if I could cut it. I mean, these, these people, what, what, what value do I have to bring? When in reality, if you were to go through the reps, you would realize I'm going and I'm not talking about my product with this front desk lady I or the you know secretary or the office administrator, whatever it might be. I'm going in there to build a relationship. And you realize like, OK, so this is ju- these reps is, are just me becoming comfortable with building relationships with anybody and becoming comfortable conveying concepts and, and trying to get people to understand concepts. And so 
so yeah, so where are we at now? You go to the mirror. I feel like I might have to sneeze. Sorry about that. But you go to the mirror. Then you go to friends and family. Then you go to the random public. And then, and only then, do you, I would say, you start looking at areas where you can build professional relationships. And I'm talking about, see, to me, the the road to success was pretty clear because I was like, I had learned sales and blah, blah, blah. And so like, to me, I've been trained by so many people. I have trained so many people, but this is more of the fast track for you to get from where you are, listening to this, to the success that you've always dreamt you could be because it is possible, okay? And anybody that would discourage are people that haven't even set their foot into that first rep. Now, once you get rid of, uh, get through those reps, now you get into these professional communities. Do you start selling automatically? No. Okay, calm down a little bit. You have a couple different coffees. You have a couple different lunches. You have, hey, can I tag along long in order to kind of like see how your process is? I mean, I'd love to pick your brain. You pick up a mentor. You pick up professional acquaintances that can add value to your repertoire of information. And now guess what? Throughout building those relationships, you just did a couple reps of professional relationship building. And then I, I don't know what you're selling or what the service is, but then at that point, then, you know, you've, you've kind of tagged along with them, whether it be business to business sales or business to consumer sales, you've saw their process. And at that point you could just cut the process short and then let them know and be like, well, look, because you've been building a relationship with this new professional mentor acquaintance and you can let them know, look, I do an excellent job. I make sure to go above and beyond for anyone I work with. You can either give them a free or highly discounted version of your services or you can do it for free. You do it for free or highly discounted half off, 75 percent off because you're my buddy, whatever it is you want to say to get your foot in the door to show them how you operate and how you, um, you know, handle your clients or, or would-be clients well then they get a service at a discount they just had a, a relationship that was built with you and them well now you're firmly in their community i mean you're so far in the community and now they've seen your work and now you're in the neocortex they're like well shoot you already you just showed me what you were trying to neocortex me what you were trying to get me to understand and so then you'll get so you get that first little sale from them and then you get two to five or two to four or five, I mean, five good, but like two to four different referrals from that person you just gave a free service to or a highly discounted service to. And if you're not ready to give that, I would say do a do your service or, or deliver your product to these professional business relationships before trying to sell outside of that. But really, a referral sale is the gold standard of sale. You won't have to walk into an office to build a relationship. They're going to be building half of that relationship, reptilian to midbrain to neocortex, they're building half of it by introducing you. So whenever you get introduced to a referral, guess where you're at in that brain? Well, who introduced you? Part of their community. You're in their community, part of the brain. And so that's why it's a lot easier to get a referral. So, so I, you know, mirror friends and family, the public, professional relationships, get like a mentor, provide some sort of discounted service, and then you go ahead and get referrals from that. And that would be the first step into making some sales. Awesome. 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 So for someone who is going to be coming out and trying to start their business, 
finding that mentor, um, that was something that was super valuable to me when I was going out on my own and leaving a firm. I found somebody who knew my work or who knew my work ethic. Maybe mm-hmm. I've never worked on my own before, but they've seen me being really good at my job. Mm-hmm. They were my champion and got me my first actual clients Nice, because they knew, and oh, she's going from a firm. She's going out on her own. I know somebody who needs help. Let me introduce you. And that is the highest praise that you could ever ask for without having to ever go out there and Mm -hmm. start that sale. And that can shake off a lot of the nerves because once you've got that first client under your belt, then, okay, well, I, I have clients, I do things, I I'm helpful. Uh And a lot of that is done for you. So that mentorship is actually a really amazing nugget of information. Find somebody who can be that champion Mm -hmm. for you out the gate. Certainly, certainly. And, and and to piggyback on what you're saying, you know, it's helpful. And I know some people might not know what networking group and stuff like that. I mean, I can just go ahead and recommend one, you know, BNI is a great organization that's national, but your local chamber is also a, a good organization to get involved with to start meeting people. I would say start with the chamber. It's usually cheaper and stuff. And also it gets you involved with the smaller businesses of the area. You pick up a mentor, like you're saying. But if for some reason you don't have a chamber where you are, say you're 25 miles out of the nearest metropolitan area, well, you can go ahead and start looking at businesses and you straight up go in there and say, look, I provide this service. I, I, you know, I'm not really trying to, well, don't say that right off the bat, obviously go through your steps of building rapport and relationship. But then you get to the point of, look, the reason I'm here, I'm actually not selling anything. I'm actually coming to learn. I wanted to see if you'd be able to kind of Give me some pointers. I'd love to pick your brain a little bit. Do you think I'd be able to come in maybe like five, 10 minutes and you kind of give me your synopsis of how you become successful and how I could, you know, you know, uh, usher that success into my life. And then you can pick up a, a business mentor like that as well. So um, that's harder because you're going to be in the office and you're going to be like, duh, 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 but you've already went through the repetition. So it might be a little easier, but you're right. That mentor is just essential. I couldn't have done it without any, all the all of the people that trained me, all of the people that have mentored me, literally, I would just be some arrogant little kid if I didn't have all those people. So, yeah. I definitely agree with that. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about differentiating yourself from others. And maybe what if you don't know what your brand is yet? Maybe you haven't even solidified who your business is going to be, what its name is going to be, and how you figure those things out. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to be your small business superhero. Whether you need ongoing services like bookkeeping or payroll, one-time services like implementing an accounting software or one-on-one training, or an on-call CFO to answer your larger questions, Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to help. Stop costing your business more money by trying to do absolutely everything yourself. We pride ourselves on giving you big business level service while still giving that small business attention. You're the expert in your field and you didn't start your business to watch numbers move, but we did. Come check us out at jessicajonesaccounting.com to see what we can do for your business. Have you ever wished you had someone who had all the answers in your back pocket? The Superhero Initiative was created as a launchpad for small and micro businesses to reach the next level in their potential. We are here to help you start out on the right foot and rescue you from future headaches. 
If you've been in business less than three years or are currently generating less than $100,000 of annual revenue, we encourage you to apply for the Superhero Initiative. Recipients will get eight hours of donated time to supercharge your back office from bookkeeping cleanup to implementing and training on software and other accounting and management needs. Visit jessicajonesaccounting.com to apply today. You are listening to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope Jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for. Now back to the show with Jessica. And we're back. So now that we've talked about how the brain works in relation to sales and business, now we're going to talk about how that relates to someone who's just starting out or maybe trying to start out. So how do you decide what your brand is? How do you come up with the name of your business and your logo and your colors and your font? And how do you decide all of that? And then how do you differentiate from everyone else, especially if there's a market out there that's pretty saturated? How do you make yourself the one Mm -hmm. that people go to? And people ask me all the time because apparently people love my branding. um, How did I come up with this? And for me, it was simple. My brand is deeply ingrained in who I am. It's not fake. It's not false. Who I am on that card is pretty much who I am in the day-to-day of my life. So I'm not pretending to be somebody I'm not. And I can really represent my business all day, every day. I am Jessica Jones Accounting and Jessica Jones Accounting is me. If you see me out, you know, that's the pink haired accountant girl. Like you just know. And I think that's really important as you're deciding what your brand is Deciding who you are and who you want to be seen as is probably the first step. Yeah. Because if you don't know who you are, you can't know who your brand is and you can't properly represent that brand. That was, I don't know if I could say that even better. Like (laughs) that was literally so well said. And and like, that was so well said. That's literally so well said. Like, I literally don't know how much I could add to that. The only thing I can do is restate that ultimately because- in a different way because like um yeah you are just you know it comes down to making sure you're authentic you know making sure that the brand actually reflects who you are an organization is an extension of the business owner's persona you know and so if you're a and like you said you have to know who you are i mean like the way i'm telling you the way you described it was so perfect like a person has to recognize who they are in order to recognize what this extension of themselves is because if a person tries to make an extension of themselves and they don't know who you know who their self is then i mean it's going to be kind of a faulty brand it's going to be a brand that doesn't have a solid foundation because the foundation is you and your personal persona um, it's obviously different once you start getting into like corporations and stuff, but we're not talking about that. We're not talking about, um, you know, people that have been around for 50 years and they're very disconnected from the people that founded it. We're talking about founders. We're talking about business owners that want to actually let break in, break in, well, break into business, but also have their business reflect who they are. And so, yeah, sometimes it does a, a little self-discovery is essential, you know, and figuring out, you know, what kind of vibe do I want? Do I want, you know, leather couches and aviator stuff in my office or do not even office, but like, do I want my brand to be kind of warm? Do I want my brand to be very like bright, not sterile, but just bright, you know, certain sort of colors, you know, warm tones. Do I want it to be more sterile, high lit tones? Do I want it to be more 
like fun, comfortable tones, like with the pink and then like with your personality, you know? So I think, um, yeah, the, I mean, honestly, you said it so good, like find out who you are and then allow the extension of yourself to be that extension of yourself. Like that's really it because a business is an extension of yourself. You know, a business is like, is an extension of your will. Ultimately, you know, you control that business. And so if you were to make a business that had a brand that didn't reflect who you are, then it's an inauthentic brand and that'll be sniffed out a mile away. And by most people, we can say you would have a 15%, 20% close rate versus a 70% close rate or something like that, which is a super high close rate, depending on what business you're in. But so how does a person come up with a brand? They find out who they are and they allow their person. Like if you're into sailing, if you're into aviate, like just allow elements of that to kind of show through, find out what directing styles you like, find out what picture styles you like, go to a couple of different, find your favorite businesses, look at their brand. Don't copy find out why you like it. Very well said. You find out the actual um, ingredient that they have that you want to add to your big gumbo. And then you make that good gumbo and you serve it. And then you you allow people to enjoy it because it comes from the heart. If you get a gumbo that doesn't come from the heart, baby, you like, know, smell it a mile. Hundred percent right. So we're going to continue with that gumbo analogy. <laughs> How do you differentiate your gumbo? How do you differentiate yourself from mm-hmm. other businesses around you, especially if the market is saturated? Mm, and that's where knowing your brand and knowing who you want to be seen as comes in. Because how many accountants do you know out there with pink hair? How many accountants do you know that have pink when you walk in their office? I only know of one. I only know one. (laughs) I only know of one. So that differentiates me. If I were just any other accountant, I would have to come up with some other method of differentiating myself. But if you make that brand in and of yourself, the differentiator, then you can all day, every day show people while you're, why you're different. Mm-hmm. When I go in and I have a networking conversation I, at the end, it's get a superhero on your team, get oh. a team of superheroes on your team because yeah. it's not just me anymore, mm-hmm. but who we are, we come in to save the day. You made a mess. You don't know how to start. You don't know how to do your books. We'll handle it. We're going to save the day mm-hmm. and all everything that we do from our verbiage, our, our imagery, our fonts, our logos, the the words we speak are all tailored mm-hmm. to be our brand. And that's your differentiator. You have to think of yourself as something different than, oh, I'm an accountant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not just anything. I am me. I am this business. And this is why you should work with me and not anybody else. Forget anybody else even exists mm-hmm. because I'm what you need. So how do you recommend someone who's looking to differentiate themselves other than figuring out who you are, where do we go? Our next step to we've got our brand. Now, how do we make ourselves different? Okay. So great question. You know, we've got our brand. How do we make ourselves different? And the best way to make yourself different is make yourself different. Look at who, look at the saturated market. What are they all doing? That's the same. What's the same tired phrases they're using? What's the same tired approach they're using and how can I position myself as different? I won't necessarily say how we did it, but it's worked successfully. You position yourself as different. You find what, um, so <clears throat> this is the, the biggest thing because you can differentiate how you even sell 
your brand, how you even sell your product. So for example, just to do a quick example, and I was just talking on the phone with the sailboat charter, right? Mm -hmm. So it'd be more successful for him instead of going, you know, I, I, you know, have a sailboat and you can get a sailboat charter and like you can use our sailboat services. What would be more of a sell? Yeah, you can use our sailboat services if you ever, you know, want to rent us out. It's, you know, uh, you know, 700 a sailboat session, whatever. Or would it be more successful if you said this? You know, we actually help people create memories that are unforgettable in order for their life to be a memorable moment. And not only that, we help individuals with romantic events, but we also help businesses secure deals by providing an amazing moment that business owners will never forget. What's going to sell more sailing trips? You know, it's positioning yourself as someone you're selling what you you're selling the result of your sale versus or I'm sorry, you're selling the result of your product or the result of your service rather than selling your service. If I were to sell my service, I'd be selling, oh, you know, we do sailboat stuff. If I'm selling the result, the result is we make unforgettable moments for couples and businesses. So that way they can always have something to talk about when thinking about that night. Yes. You sell the result of your product or service. And I'll I'll use yet another example. Uh, Charlie's Waxworks. Charlie could walk around and say, yeah, I sell candles. I make candles. That's not what he does. Mm -hmm. Charlie creates. If you pop open, you were smelling camping in Japan or pop that open. You kept opening it. Oh, I'm creating this experience. I'm creating this moment. I'm creating this this scene where I want my house to smell like this. Throw away the candles we have. (laughs) I want my house to smell like this. Yeah. That's what makes you different. Not just that you have a thing, but what's special. Mm-hmm. What do people always tell you? What What do people always describe about your business? What do you do differently? Something um, someone in my B&I group said the other day is they went around and asked people they're comfortable with, friends, family, colleagues, past clients, whoever, to give them three words that describe them. Just give me a bunch of words and I can start building around that because if Five people tell you one word or one, you know, um, synonym mm-hmm. for each other. That's probably part of who your business should be. If people are constantly giving you a descriptive word, you should start gravitating towards that because that's already who you are. Yeah. And I think the and I missed it even. Um, the biggest way to differentiate, differentiate yourself is with your personality. And that's what really differentiates you. You don't seem stuff. You don't come off as stuffy. You come off as personable. You come off as gregarious. You come off as cheerful, as optimistic, and as someone who uh, can see a better future, even in the wake of maybe a dark moment. Like you just seem like the person that I want on my side, whenever it comes to finances, especially. And so differentiating yourself with your personality. And I love that idea, like getting the couple of different phrases that other people would describe them as and seeing what those words and synonyms are to figure out, all right, what am I putting off? You know, Mm -hmm. are they all saying arrogant or are they all (laughs) saying, are they all saying like, you know, cheerful, gregarious, different things like that. And then you, you base how you differentiate, differentiate yourself. Um, you either, change negative things or you or you um you just base your differentiation off of your personality and so that would be the first step is differentiating yourself with the personality also selling the results of your services or products and on top of it so you're selling the movie of what happened of what their life is going to be like after your service is delivered or after they use your product and so you're selling that moment i felt like i was going to be 
camping in Japan whenever I was selling that. He even named it a moment. Like that, that's brilliant. He even named it a moment. So, so personality differentiation, differentiating how you even approach the sale, and also figuring out if you know someone, uh, for example, like um just figuring out maybe a different service that you can highlight and then you bring in your primary services afterwards. So like you find out what people need that most people in your industry don't talk about. Then you talk to your connections about the more unspoken service. And then you allow them to realize that we actually handle these other primary services, but we're going to first knock out this service in order to go through the step-by-step process of giving you the full service. So yeah, differentiating the service you uh, start talking to them about, differentiating how you even sell that service and also differentiating by having your personality and your brand, which is a reflection of that personality. Awesome. I really appreciate you coming in and talking with me today. I hope that our listeners got a lot of information here. Um, Remember, it's not as complicated as it seems. Moving someone out of the reptilian phase and getting them into neocortex sounds really complicated, but it's not understand and think about yourself and how you want to be spoken to. That's the fastest way to understand your customers is to understand how you would want to be spoken to if it were in if you were in their shoes. Remember that people are not just targets for your sale. People are other people and the way you sell something to someone is having a problem. They have a problem that you can solve mm-hmm. for them. Showing them that is the easiest way to show them you're not out for yourself. You're here to solve a problem. So I, again, I thank you for coming to visit. Can you let everybody know where they can find you on social media Mm -hmm. or get in touch with your company if they're interested in working with you um, in their marketing needs? Sure. And before I do that, I would love to give them a shortcut because like you said, it, it sounds complicated, but it's actually not. And I can tell you three words, literally three words right now that will allow you to get from reptilian all the way to neocortex and have them happy about it. Okay. Feel felt found. Feel. I feel where you're coming from. Other people have actually felt the same way, but what they found was now let me tell you, and you could feel felt found. I understand where you're coming from. Other people might've thought the same way, but what they figured out was, so you can use different words, but remember feel felt found the three F's to get you to that neocortex. So feel, we'll just break it down real quick. Feel. Feel is whenever you are letting them know, I relate to you, meaning it's a one-on-one relationship that we just started getting them out of the reptilian into that midbrain. And then other people felt you're relating the community. We're in the community of mind. We wouldn't want to do anything else. And now they realize, oh, he knows about the community. He's connected with the community. And then what they found was you're going from individual to community. And then with the community understood that higher understanding. So I feel where you're coming from, reptilian. Other people felt those same way. Uh, communicative. And then what they found was what they understood was, and that's where the higher understanding happens in that neocortex. You can check us out at commercialmediamanagement.com. If you're a business that's trying to just, you know, make your brand beautiful, go ahead and give us a shout, you know, just uh, commercialmediamanagement.com. We're on all the socials. Uh, we do speeches from time to time. I'm just really glad that I was able to be here. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I'm so glad you were able to join us today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope you've gained something valuable today. If you did, wait till you hear what we're talking about next. Until then, get out there and forge your own unique empire, travel your own path, and most importantly, be your own superhero. Superhero.